Hey, what it do, what the business is. It is another week in the books with you on Deck TV Podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holla at your boy Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me on Twitter and Instagram. Absolutely. I am Spike Lou on your same socials, man. Holla at your boy. How you holding up out there? Hey, man, I'm holding up fine. I almost went to the movies. I didn't do it, though, but I almost did. I can't say that I won't go when that tenant comes out, though. When yeah, that come are, out, I might have to buck it. You are but, insane with your crusade to go to the movies, dude. Like, I don't understand it. I don't understand, I don't understand what understand the problem it. is. Dude, it's going to come. I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, I don't understand. There's recycled air. There's a whole lot of stuff that you should be weary of uh, going to the movies, and you're just determined to go in. I don't understand it. People people care about you, man. They don't want to see you sit in, 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 in the movies and get corona. New no air filter system, man. Oh, my God. He told you that? Yes. Did they lie? Yes. <laughs> they're risking a zillion-dollar oh. lawsuit to lie to all me? Of that, all of that money that they're losing from nobody coming to see movies, let's put in a brand-new air filtration system that costs yes. millions of dollars per location. Yes. No. no. Facts. <laughs> stream it, dude. Just stream it. That tenant looked good in the motherfucker, though. I do got to admit that. I gotta watch that in IMAX. I can't cheat myself at the crib. My TV black and white. So. I got a movie. So I got. I screen at the crib for you. Hey, I have a black and white thirteen inch. Everybody's not able, sir. The eight inches, but and better at the crib. So just watch it at the crib, dude. I send note, out tickets, dude. <laughs> I send out tickets. I'm pulling up, then. Fucking. All right, what we got this week, man? What are the man, quick gotta, hits? Action-packed week this week, guys. Master P Vince on Instagram. 50 Cent loses a battle to Rick Ross. And a Travis Scott reference track leaks. Uh-oh. Let's find out. Travis Scott got a ghostwriter, man. Got a lot of people looking crazy out here. Um, and then, of course, we also review Nas's latest album, King's Disease. But first, we have a breaking, developing story in the Megan Thee Stallion, Tory Lanez situation. Megan Thee Stallion took to Instagram on her live, had a very long rant, and she finally confirmed with what a lot of people thought was this situation to begin with, that Tory Lanez is the person who shot her. (gasps) Now, I know, dun-dun-dun, she made it official, it came from the horse's mouth, which begs the question because Tory Lanez has still went dark. He is still silent. What does the future hold for Mr. Lanez? Came from the horse's mouth was funny. Yes. Making the stallion. That was no pun intended. Um, it's over for Tory Lanez. I ain't mm. even going to hold you. I ain't even going to press you. Uh, Tory Lanez, I mean, it seems as if she, Meg, was pissed off because of the spin that his team was trying to put on it. And I mean, she finally had her tip and point, and rightfully so. If a nigga shot me, I would definitely, <laughs> very least, go on Instagram and, and express my uh, discontent with it. Uh, but with that being said, there's situations that you just don't bounce back from. And I think that talent being an issue here, Tory Lane's being a talented guy, he's not Chris Brown talented. He ain't mm. R. Kelly talented. Like oh he's God. not. I'm just saying that those people even with the atrocious shit that they did, we're still able to maintain even a certain like small fan base. I think everybody's going to be out on Tory. One, because he doesn't have enough talent, like I said, to, to overcome something like this. 
two, like, there's no explanation. Like, we haven't heard his side of the story. I'm not necessarily interested in it either, just based on what Meg has told us. Uh, the only comparison that I may see for him still being able to exist in this music industry, and when I say it's over, I mean there's no more Tory Lanez. He can write songs. He'll be able to make money in this business because he is talented in that aspect of it. Maybe like your boy, um, Hit Boy. When he went through changing his name from Young Berg to Hit Boy, doing the whole rebranding, Hit Maker, excuse me, doing that whole rebranding, maybe something that Tory Lanez could do two, three years from now. But for now, going back up to Toronto, put your cap up, it's over. Yeah, it's what it's you it's not looking good. Let me say that the main reason it's not looking good is because we're hearing we are hearing one side of the story. And it doesn't sound good at all. Like these details that she's laying out, if this is how it happened, it sounds crazy. Like, and you've got a lot of people coming out and speaking out in defense of Megan. Because um, there's two ways to look at this. Number one, mm. number one, why? Do you know what it was that she was referring to when she said that Tory's team was trying to spin it? Do you know what she was referring to? Because I don't. I, I didn't see what, what he hasn't said anything. I don't know if they tried to throw it to some blogs and then some blogs do some stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe she's referring to the Adam 22 stuff where they kind of said that she was the, the aggressor in the situation. Maybe, maybe some stuff like that. Some, you know, that DJ Academics kind of alluded to that as well. But there's nothing so far that I've heard that justifies Tory Lane shooting at her or shooting her period. So I don't, that's why I say, and I'm echoing your, your sentiments too, that it's likely over for Tory Lanez in terms of being Tory Lanez, like the go-to guy for the hooks, the go-to guy for the features, people giving a damn about chicks tape six, seven, or eight. Like it, all of that is probably donezo, um, at least for the, for the short term or the near future. With that being said, I am interested in hearing what he has to say. And I feel T.I. when he says that Tory needs to say something. Because mm. if I feel like if this wasn't true or if there were some holes in her story, that you would want to come out and give your piece and say what happened from your perspective. Again, I can't think of any scenario that would make me go, oh, okay, I see why he shot at her then. I, I can't see that unless she had a gun too. <laughs> but like, I, I don't, I just can't see it. So I'm not even saying it would necessarily help him, but his silence is speaking volumes and it, it's not helping this case at all. And we're in a pandemic and we're bored. There's nothing else to talk about. You, this couldn't happen at a worse time for Tory Lanez. And, and part of that has something to do with him being so active prior to this. Like the whole quarantine radio, like Tory Lanez was the star of the quarantine. He was shaking it. Absolutely. And now to go radio silent about what happened, I think is part of it. And the, the the team part, what's been rolled out. I've seen what you said about Adam 22 and, and Axe Andy, you know, did she invited him to a party and, you know, he wasn't acting kosher and things got out of hand. I've seen all of that, but I'm in the same boat as you. Like I haven't seen anything that says, um, that's painting her in a light of like he had to shoot her. And I don't think right. that you're going to see anything that says like he had to shoot her. Like that's an unacceptable act. And I think that like to come out and try to spin it, he knows no one is going to buy it. 
especially at this point. So I think his best bet is to just shut up, go back to whatever cave you crawled out of in Canada and just call it a night. Like write songs. Niggas are hitting him up for the hooks on the low. Cause oh, you mean the, to ghostwrite the, the, them? Yeah, yeah, to ghostwrite them. The price is going to be low now. You know what I mean? He had to keep bills paid. Like, it's going to be a fire sale for Tory Lane's hooks, nigga. And he's going to come up with another pen name to write them. But I think, it's, yeah, like, as far as that Meg shit, like, she is a, a darling of the rap game. And it's just, it, it's wild to see that he's had this much time to gather his belongings and get out. I ain't going to lie with you. Yeah. Uh, for people to even, like, it's people still caving for Tory Lane's online calling Meg a snitch in there, which is ridiculous. Yeah, and I just... So I would compare that to like if if uh that was stupid though. What's the chick name? What's like if Taylor? Could you imagine if someone shot Taylor Swift? Could yeah, like you imagine if, how like Ed Sheeran crazy would be like if <laughs> Ed Sheeran? Come on, <laughs> shot Taylor Swift. <laughs> like it would be on TV every day, and Meg is that big of a star in hip. Well, not that yet, not Taylor Relax. Swift, but she's ascending right. to that stardom in hip hop. Like she's one of the the biggest young stars in the game, and it seems like this kind of gets blown over. Like they like the fact that a woman got shot by a rapper. Yeah, is, is, it's not been talked about enough. I don't believe he 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 needs to he needs to say something. I don't. I'm, I'm sure there's some type of legal shit going on. I'm sure there's a case with the gun charge. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why he can't legally say something. But he needs to say like there needs to be some damage control. He better spend all of his little quarantine radio money on a PR team, working overtime, nigga, to to savage his little career that he was just really getting cooking. He had a little TV show on deck and everything with the quarantine radio shit. You can kiss that goodbye. Like, let's be o very clear. That's v. over. That's over. That's all. It's over. Like, bro, you, he has to save face and give his side of the story. And what I mean by that is not, man, I shot her because she was coming at me with a machete and making up some bullshit. No, this is what happened. I was drunk. I was bullshitting. I, you know what I'm saying? I apologize. I've reached out to her. Like you, you need to, like you need to come at it with that. You need to do something. I don't think Tory Lanez that type. I don't think Tory Lanez that type of guy. He's well, never. You need to be that type of guy for, if you want a career. You talking about salvaging his career? I think his personality definitely, definitely aligns with all of the allegations. Like, yeah, motherfucker, tell me Tory Lanez shot Meg the Stallion. I'm like, I can see that. <laughs> Like, I, I ain't never not once thing. well, what are you doing with a strap or what happened? Yeah. I can one million percent be like, I can see that. Because yeah. Tory Lanez carries himself in that way. I, I, I probably could go a step further and say, right now, he is not remorseful. He probably think that he's the victim in this. That's the, that he's that may be the problem. Her. And if he is the victim, then he needs to tell a story. That's all I'm saying. But nobody want to hear that. Ain't nobody going to bite. I that. agree. Now, they probably wouldn't, but, he's, but he still needs to say it if there's something to it. If there's nothing to it, then he needs to come out and be and keep it a stack and and own up to his actions. Of course, again, if there's legal shit and he's facing 20 years, then no, don't do that. But I'm saying if you, if, if you play the role in it and there's no charges being pressed and shit, then you need to keep it a stack and stop having your team put out bogus shit. Like that's that's what's blowing it. Well, that's a fact. If, if you're that's Tory happening. Let's say you're advising Tory Lanez, right? Let's yep. say you, he, you're his guy. 
you are advising him to have a press conference or go on IG and address the situation? Like, that's your next step for him? It depends on what his role was. Is Let's just say everything she said was 100% spot on. And this nigga literally, with a bodyguard present, pulled out a gun and shot at her and it hit the ground and the, and the pellets exploded and hit her foot. Let's say that happened and she didn't put her hands on them. She wasn't smacking them up. She, they were just arguing on some regular arguing because she did say they were arguing. Right. So they were just on some regular arguing shit and he took it too far. Depending on the legalities of the shit going on, if he can come out and give his side of the story and say that is what happened and take ownership, I think that would go a long way. In my opinion. It would go more than not saying nothing because he getting no. killed right now. I think he out of here. I think they, I like to say nothing. If I was advising him, like I advise him to just go chill out, go take a vacation, go like, you don't need to say anything. Let it ride. Like you got to let this war roll over. Like you better hold, well not hold, but another big 2020 type travesty going to have to come through for you to get out of this. I would advise him, hey, go lay low. Don't mm. say shit. All right. <clears throat> we'll see how that works out for him, man. What's next? Speaking of not saying shit, Someone who should have, I feel like, took that advice and ran with it. Your man's, my man's, Master P. Mm. Uncle P was pretty peeved. He took to IG here lately and all the social medias, and he was, uh, you know, expressing his concerns about Monica and Kim K and their fights to get his brother, Corey Miller, a.k.a. C. Murder, out of jail. My question to you is this. Is Master P making valid points in his frustrations with how those two, Kim K, Monica, are handling the C-Murder situation? Uh, Listen, I understand why P felt the need to vent. I just think his anger was misguided. Mm. Um, The reason what got P from out of hiding, well, not hiding, but what got him into Instagram to begin with to go off was what C-Murder was posting. And see, Murder was posting stuff that made it seem like he was in it all by himself and that Monica had his back, Kim K had his back. And Pete was like, okay, motherfucker, like, really? He took that personally and his anger in doing so, Monica caught some strays. Kim K caught a stray or two. And I think he was wrong in that. And he didn't have a point in that. Now, in doing so, that opened the floodgates up for everybody that that ever wanted to take a shot at P, to take a shot at P. And that then caused some infighting with family coming out and him saying, you know what, since I ain't doing nothing for nobody, okay, if y'all say that's the case, then the ATM is cut off. The Master P ATM is cut off. Yeah, everybody cut off now then, since I'm not doing nothing for nobody, even though I've been here for the last 30 years trying to get this nigga out of a situation I told him at the beginning. He went Denzel watching the training. Day. It, basically, he basically went Denzel. And so I, I, I say that to say he was making valid points in regards to the struggles with his family. I think his shots at Monica was, were misguided and he ended up apologizing for that. But it was too late. The damage had been done. OK, I mean, that's fair as far as you talking about his guidance. But I'm going to go to the stand of like the same thing I said with Tory Lanez. Like if I'm Master P. And I've done my job. I, I know for a fact from the bottom of my heart, I've done my job. I've tried. I told C. Murray when we were No Limit Soldiers, if he had a documentary, you guys seen that. It just was on BET. If 
for 20 years, people that have been following it or whatever is going on with it, P has paid for lawyers. Like, he's done his part. And if C. Murder doesn't feel that way, like, it's not for Master P to address him on Instagram. Like, that's for C. Murder to feel. I think Master P made the mistake of addressing him on Instagram and addressing how C. Murder feels on Instagram as opposed to talking to him. And they may not be on talking terms, and I get that. But if you're Master P, then you just got to eat that. Like, you don't get the vent, bro. Like, you don't... You and I had this conversation off Mike Saturday. Shout out to Black, Black Pod Collective. We were over there doing some stuff with them. But you don't get to when you are the breadwinner in the family. Like, you don't get to to vent. Like, that. that's, I, that's not in your job description anymore. You're here to help people. And you mm. may not like it, but making $500 million puts you in that category. And I ain't saying you got to help everybody every time they come around, but there's a certain expectation of you. And, and, and one of those expectations, not financially, but I'm not going to bicker with you. I'm not going to bicker with you about things that I know that I've done. And I, I would have simulated to like having a, a drug addict in your family. Mm. Like if, I, if I've helped someone in my family that's on drugs and I know like it ain't no help for you, I've done everything I can. I, I've done as much, put you in rehab, gave you chance out of the chance. I'm not doing it anymore. If someone come behind me and they want to do something, go ahead. I ain't going to tell you not to. I ain't going to warn you because you've seen everything in the history beforehand. Do what you got to do. I have nothing to say about it. Even if they said, oh, I had it hard my whole life. Nobody helped me. Cool. It's cool you feel that way, but I know what I've done. So See, I don't no. think, I, I don't think that mass, you don't get, you don't, you can't do that because no, you're listen. in a, you're on another level from people. Now you open in Pandora's box. You get the people saying, oh, well, you didn't get big mama this. And like, okay, I'm not doing this with everybody if I'm masterpiece. So but you that, open Pandora's box when you do that. Listen, when, when somebody comes at you mm -hmm. and they're telling lies and assassinating your character, you see, murder wasn't telling lies and assassinating his character, though. Relax. But that's how it felt. That, that's it felt, cool. It felt like he was getting stabbed in the back because he's been helping for a majority of the time, even after telling a nigga not to do something. If I you tell you not to, to do something, that. tell you to follow me, you don't follow me, and you do what I didn't tell you, and you get fucked up, and I still help for decades, and then it comes out like, oh, well, shit, I'm in this by myself. You in it by yourself, my nigga. Some yes. people can't. Nah, everybody he can't. He feels that way, bro. You can't. Nah, it's arrogant that. for Master P to say, well, you can't feel like that because I did this and I did this. Okay. That's receipts. You did do that, and you do have receipts, but that doesn't mean that he can't feel that way. Talking about C. Murder, like, you still feel like, I had to do this by myself, and it made it. Like, okay, I can't fight you on that, and I'm not addressing you on Instagram to do so. But that's where it was addressed to him. We can't, we got to stop the whole, man, why you put it on Instagram? Nigga, why did C. Murder oh, put it on Instagram? Because he in Nigga, jail. Tell that to the diary. Because he's in jail. That's Write it why. in your diary, bro. He's tell your cellmate, bro. He's in jail. Nah. So he ain't got nobody else to talk to. Call Monica. Pete, Bro. If I'm Pete, you know what? Y'all want to comment about this C murder stuff? Cool. Well, let me tell you about my noodles. Let me tell you about these goddamn wrap snacks. Let me Yo, tell yeah, you that'll really help. Yachties. Try let to sell something where people get your blood Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Because I don't have anything to do with that anymore. I've done my part for 20 years in. Whatever he's saying, whatever Monica's doing, whatever Kim K is doing, I wish all of y'all the best. But me, I got my own shit going on. That's like, not that's not that's say. not going to look good to the public. No matter that, how it looks. No, I've done the public my part. I've listen, been doing my part for 20 years. I don't care how it looks. No, the public is who you're selling your noodles to. So if you yeah, want the public to understand what you, shit. 
No, they're read not. His tagline down at the bottom, and they're not going to if they think that you did your brother wrong. That's my point. You can't. You people need to know the truth. That's all. Right. Whatever the truth is. My point, you're absolutely right. You're not going to get the truth out bickering and going back and forth with a nigga who was first in jail, then going back and forth with the people who were trying to help him, then going back and forth with your family. You look even worse now. So if you wasn't selling noodles beforehand, you damn sure ain't selling them. Now that they know Big Mama house got repossessed and was burnt down and like all of that shit, like when you open it, excuse me, when you start that comment thread, you being Master P, is is just like when when you in boxing, the champ get hit. Oh man, I, I staggered him. I staggered the great Mike Tyson. Now you know you can affect me. Now you know I hear what you're saying, and now you're gonna bring everything out that you think gonna hurt my feelings. Even though you know damn well I paid your rent the last twelve years. <laughs> them five after that, you mad about that? You gonna tell everybody about? It. Nah, you don't. Yeah. You can't open the, yourself up for that. The family, the family coming out. That looked crazy. I obviously I'm not in the know, but it it seemed the way that they were talking, it seemed like nuts. Somebody hearing no for the first time. I'm gonna come clean. It came off as somebody being told no for the first time. That if I'm gonna keep it just a thousand, that's not no bias. That's just how it seemed, and that's the perception from my end. Maybe there's people like, damn, P, you didn't do it. So maybe it's people that see it another way. But I just think that it's very interesting that people are now coming out of the flood. A soldier slim sister came out and snapped and, and actually claimed that P put the hit on soldier slim, which I was like, Oh, what see, the fuck? See, that's what, what? and I'm not excusing her saying that, but that's what happened when you start rolling in the mud with pigs, dude, you get dirty too. All this shit now comes out because the one simple statement that Master P said he could have kept himself. I did everything I could. Okay, if you know you did everything you could from the bottom of your heart, and I'm not saying that he didn't, you ain't got to tell nobody that. I know I did everything I could. I'm good with it. I ain't got to sit here and tell It's tough when the I world did. watching. It's tough. It is. It's hard, but it's hard making $500 million <laughs> and being that nigga, dude. All of those things come is with it? it, in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. That's rough. Uh, moving on, man. Next? That was a good one. Man. Yeah, no, nah, he got it. Somebody got to take P phone though, man. He was he was going a little too hard. I'm gonna keep he it on. He be trying to advise these young rappers and shit on how to get it in the game. P need like yeah. advice, like on how to maneuver, just period. Like, yeah, as as a famous person, like he's been fucking that. up since no since ever since Beast by the Pound and that documentary has been all like, come on, bro, touchy. What, are you doing? what are you doing? Man? He ain't made yeah. one good move since he let go of Beast by the Pound. I can say Stop. that. Stop. What the fuck? He ain't made one good move since he let go of Beast by the Pound. Tell me which one it was. Nigga, Romeo went four times platinum. What are you talking about? It was luck. He told, he said on a documentary, I didn't want Romeo to rap. I just came back. The nigga was around the studio. He had the song when I came back. He said it was luck. It was luck. Absolutely. On that, what we're not going to do is, is, is put cheap. in that Bow Wow. Romeo didn't put in that Bow Wow work. <laughs> he didn't put in that Chad Moss work, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Moving on, man. 50 Cent. He lost his long, long time lawsuit battle with Rick Ross. It was a $2 million lawsuit over Ross's use of the In the Club instrumental. If y'all remember, a couple of years ago, Renzel's remixes uh, mixtape came out, found Ross rapping over Jack Beats, one of which was the aforementioned In the Club. In the lawsuit, though, even though he lost, the reason he lost was because 50 Cent does not own the rights to In The Club. He does not own the rights to a lot of music from that time. It is actually owned by Shady Slash Aftermath. My question, 
Are you surprised that 50 doesn't own the rights to in the club? No. And the reason being, I've always been in the minority and skeptical of that $400 million vitamin water coat <laughs> deal. Yeah. I didn't think that he got that amount of money there. 50 is a good businessman. I, I listened to his business book here recently. We discussed it here. Yeah. Uh, having the masters to end the club, that's something different, though. That ain't no, we're going to renegotiate. And, like, we once you get this eight, like, nah, like, that's, that's, that's a major record. And Shady, Aftermath, they know what they're doing when it comes to major records. I only ever see him getting any of that material back. Um, so I do think it's funny that he thought that he would be able to, to pull this <laughs> off on Rick Ross' team. Like, 50 has this thing where he thinks that him and Ross ain't on the same level, and they are. Like, they yeah. absolutely are, and Rick Ross has continually showed him this ever since those two got in the beef. And I just – I love it. I'm here for all the 50 Rick Ross beef, but I'm definitely not surprised that he didn't own the masses to that song. If you want some good, fun, entertaining laughter, go to Rick Ross' IG, him listening to old 50 Cent songs. That's just hilarious. My God, that's funny, dude. It's funny. Oh my God, that's funny. You got to check that out. I'm I'm not surprised that 50 doesn't own the rights to in the club. I am surprised that he didn't know that he didn't own the rights to in the club. You because he, he, he couldn't have because he wouldn't have went through this four-year-long lawsuit. You don't do that not knowing that you don't own that shit. You think yeah, you, you, you have some piece of that. He thought he was going to big boy. He thought he was going to big boy, Ross. No. He thought he was going to big boy. 50 too smart of a businessman for that, bro. No. Oh, you thought that he's surprised by this news. Yes, I do. Oh, I think he thought he knew that. I, I'm, I'm, excuse me. I think he thought that he owned enough of it to do this. And to find out that he doesn't own any of it is a surprise to him and us. Even though, again, I'm actually not that surprised. Because, look, 50, and you mentioned the book, because I, like I said, I listened to the book as well. And he details some of his deals in the book. And he talks about things in specific order. And he says he took a smaller deal to go with Shady and Aftermath so that he could be next to Eminem and Dr. Dre. And he, he figured that the long-term gain from that would be bigger than a short-term bag from signing with another label. So it's not surprising that he took the L on owning the masters to a couple of those records to get that long-term stand next to the most famous producer of all time and arguably one of the most famous rappers of all time. I'll take that L to stand next to these two because the perception will be that I'm on their level. So I, I get that part and I understand why he doesn't own the rights. I do think it's very interesting though, that when you start to peel back the layers on 50, whether it was him going to court for, you know, the bankruptcy shit or whatever. And then it turned out he didn't really own a lot of the cars and stuff that he said he owned and he owed a lot of stuff. Like it's, you start to peel back the layers. And then, you know, I, I've said this on the show before the how it really went down with the vitamin water deal. You start to peel back the layers and he's starting to look like the wizard of Oz, not to say that there's mm. nothing behind the curtain, but it's not as big and bad as you once thought it was. It's not the $400 million deal. It's not the, I own this, I own that. And it's people, more perception than anything. People used to put 50 on a level with Jay-Z and like and puff. puff. Yeah. No, it was fucking amazing. Nowadays. Uh, he did a good job to do it. He could, he did a good job of selling that though. The movies may get him where he want to be as far as, you know, the movies and TV production deals. That helps. That's going to bump him up. But, yeah, like being mentioned in the same name with those two guys, Wales, was absolutely fucking crazy. It was premature. Uh, it but was I'm premature. Here, 
I am here 100% for that 50 Rick Ross, though. Rick Ross, listen, go listen, go watch that, dude. That is fucking great. Yeah, now he, he said, because, because real quick, the, 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 the problem is, is that that BMF show is in the making, and he's more than likely going to want that BMF song in some mm. shape, form, or fashion. And Ross knows this. Because he knows in order to have a BMF TV show, you're going to need that BMF song to make it all the way legitimate. As a matter of fact, if that was anybody but Ross's song, it probably the deal would have already been done by now. And that, and that would have been a soundtrack to the, to the show. So how, you think that, how do you think that plays out? You think 50 uh, will get the song? No, I don't. His pride, bro, he's too prideful, bro. He's not doing that. Ross, Ross, and so is Ross. And, and, and Ross knows he has leverage. So Ross is sitting on Instagram like, yeah, I'll do a deal with 50 for the song, but he got he to gotta go on Instagram and hold up this Bel Air, and he got to hold up a 12-piece all flats from Wingstop, and he, he got to say these are the that. best wings on, of all time, and he's got to say this is the best champagne of all time. See, bro, 50's not doing that, bro. He's not doing that. 50 will find out a way. No, he's not, bro, he's not he'll, doing it. He'll find out a way to do it to make it funny. I think it'll happen, though. I think that both of those guys realize how much the culture needs that song to go with that show. And they are going to be petty in getting to the bottom of it. But it, it'll get resolved. I think it'll get resolved. He'll use the song. I, what's going to happen is 50 going to have some people reach out, and Ross is going to make an a astronomical request as far as how much he's, he, he wants for that song. And then I think fit they'll let him sit on that for a while, and then you know he'll come back with a oh, another request, it, and it's it's, it's gonna be no. some noise. It ain't gonna be the way you say. He wants to it's embarrass him. Not, Have you seen yeah. Rick Ross's house? He doesn't give a shit about that little money he can make off of that song. He but wants to I'm embarrass him. make it big money. <laughs> no, bro. He wants to clown fifty. He wants to make fifty look stupid. That's he doesn't what, care that, about that chick. I don't know, man. The I mean, check big enough. He gonna put okay. a number out here to make it to make the check the check big enough. He ain't gonna care about the embarrassment. That's so then I'm he saying. can sit and say, "Man, I made fifty. Pay me ten million for the song." Like, bro. Either way, he's going yeah. to shot. Nah, he gonna make yeah. it seem like he the boss, nigga, and that fifty the clown. He gonna do it. He gonna find a way to do that. So fifty well, that's gonna happen. That's bro, gonna 50, happen anyway. Fifty ain't no, gonna boy, we, Look at who we're talking. To. We're talking about fifty cent, bro. Mister Forty Eight Laws of Power. That's not war. Mm. You don't negotiate with a nigga that you don't fuck with. That's he he true. lives and dies by that shit, bro. He ain't in a position of power not to, though. He doesn't care. He's still he, not finna do it. He does care because he needs it for his show. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He'll have like, Joe sing It's going to happen. Nah, that absolutely ain't going to happen. This is a BFF Is that who that town? is of power, Joe? Yeah. Oh, well, I never knew that. Wow. Interesting. This is Alrighty. a BMF town. Lastly, before we get out of here to our review for Nas's King's Disease... Travis Scott, your mans. Mm. It came out over since the last time that we recorded. There was a reference track of Sai High, the Prince, your other mans, doing some of Astro World, doing songs off Astro World. Um, my question to you, hearing these reference tracks and knowing that Travis Scott gets his ideas from Sai High and the likes, does this change your perspective of Travis Scott? Uh, no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. And the song in question that leaked was Sicko Mode, which was the biggest record off of that album uh, featuring Sway Lee and Drake. And look, it was one bar. You know what I'm saying? Like A reference I, track was one bar? It was like one or two bars that somebody leaked. You know how people be leaking shit and they act like they was in a studio with the phone up their ass and had to hurry up and cut it off? Well, who knows? Why you leak a 
four seconds of a reference track. I don't know, but it was it was a it was a bar on there. And here's the thing, bro. Like I look at Travis Scott as a performer and as an entertainer and a producer, much like a Kanye West or like a Dr. Dre or a Puff. Those all those fit the criteria for all of them, with the exception of Dr. Dre. He's not the biggest performer, but he's a producer and kind of a cultivator of music. Travis Scott's the same way. That's how he got into camp with Kanye to begin with, was producing. So it's not – this isn't – Travis Scott's not known for bars. Like, he's not known for, you know, lyrical ability. Sahi the Prince is known for lyrical ability, but he's not known for putting together records and albums. So you take the two, and of course it's going to work. He's, Travis Scott has a front row seat to see how that side-high pin works for Kanye. You think that that collaboration not going down in Travis Scott room? Like, they asked Sahai about what you think about writing for Kanye, and shit. he said, bro, when you get to a certain level, you're competing against when – you, when you get on Billboard and you're famous, and you're competing against Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Ed Shearing. You're competing against big dogs. They have teams of people in the studio with them. You think you and your engineer are going to beat Adele and her team? Nigga, no. That's not realistic. It's not how it works. So people may be a little disappointed. Like, oh, my favorite rapper, oh, he didn't write that bar? Oh, fuck. No, nigga, most people who get to that level, it's a collaborative effort because you have to maintain that level of status and you can't compete with everybody else winning Grammys and shit. If it's just you and your producer homeboy that you grew up with, it's not how it works. So I don't look at him differently. If anybody, I look at Saha with more respect, honestly. Interesting. You look at Saha with more respect because you think he came up with sicko mode. If he wrote on that, it, it he wrote on, um, he wrote on like the life of Pablo kissy ghost, Yay, um, Jesus! Like he's written, he's written a lot on a lot of those projects, and it it gives me more respect for him and the versatility of him because I'm not listening to those like, oh yes, yeah, Sai Sai clearly wrote that. Like no, that shit sounds different. It's all different styles, and Travis Scott got the auto tune and all this extra shit. So to turn around and write some Kanye shit, some bars, and then to turn around and write some auto tune Travis Scott vibe shit. That's a respectable play uh, for Saha. I look at him with more respect, honestly. More than I look I, down on Travis Scott. Like I, I didn't look at him for bars anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't look down on Travis Scott for this at all. Uh, like you say, I don't look at him for bars. I think that there's a different, uh, there's a different level of artistry that comes into being a superstar, mm. and there are not a lot of rappers that reach that level. Kanye West. Drake, yeah. Travis Scott is aspiring to be there. I think yeah. those guys are that that lines Oof. up one hundred. No, to a certain extent. That, that, uh, well, I don't think that he has the the songs that are the crossover joints. Exactly, and that I was going to get to my point because what you said, I think Hove is a traditionalist, and he probably feels like if this comes out like like four forty four, for example, that was him and his producer. That's, that's me true. and no ID and me sitting in the room with you and let's do this. That's true. Hove, that's why Hove has never had a sicko mode though. That's like why Hove doesn't do God's plans. That's fair. Like God's plans is when me and 
30 motherfuckers in here to know the Relax. highest slang. Let's not be disrespectful, It's though. not even a diss, though, because like what you said, like if I'm Drake and I know that I need a God's plan to make this Nike deal go through, I want 30 of the best motherfuckers <laughs> in here. I want all y'all, like everybody, nigga, do y'all got water in the back? Like everybody, come on in, dude. Because like you said, nigga, these songs are dependent upon like Adidas deals. These songs are dependent upon me being like the, the Raptors, the spokesperson, me having my own private jet so hell no i'm not going in here with just 40 and writing this shit nigga and i think that travis scott is trying to get on the same level rappers traditionally they don't make it to that level like so you i, I i'm not giving and when they talk we start talking about the passes i'm not giving a rapper those passes of having 30 people in the room because you're not trying to get adidas well you may try to be but you're not getting sure. adidas deals like drake's yeah, you're not going to Apple and them being like, hey, we need a song for the new 2K or whatever it may be. It's not happening. Right. Um, so I do it. That was a bad example because 2K have lesser artists, but you're not dealing direct deals with Apple is my right. point. So I, I give the benefit of the doubt to people like a Travis Scott because I can clearly see that's where he's aspiring to be. And it does show a respect level that Psy hides in those rooms when people are making those albums, whether it's Watch the Throne yeah. Uh, whether it's Jesus or whether it's this Astro World, which are three of the best albums to come out of this generation. So that, right. that goes a long way for a side high. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't take anything away from Travis Scott because I see what he's trying to be. And listen, and that's that side that high resume is crazy. That's sick. Like he in them rooms, he see what it do. He's living comfortably. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I would love to ask Sahai how comfortable he really is being the, the guy behind the guy and how bad he actually wants to be the guy. I think that's interesting. Or is it a situation where he knows he couldn't be the guy? Travis Scott is 28, 29. He's kind of the – he's on Fortnite and shit. Like, what's Sahai look like doing that shit, bro? Like, that ain't his shit. There, there's almost, like, the job requirement for that in my opinion. So like, take a guy like Saha. I can't be super famous because part of what makes me rich or, or cold, like I got to be out in the streets amongst people who are talking and got this verbiage that's kind of up to date. The reason Kanye needs me or Travis Scott needs me because they can't go hang out with a nigga that, that just went to Quick Trip and we just seen niggas doing donuts on Panola. Like they can't right. do that, but Saha can still do that. And then, like you said, still go to those rooms and be like, nah, they ain't saying it like that, bro. They saying it this way in the streets. That's that way, true. when that new Drake come out, it's like, ah, okay. He he up to date with what's going on. I think it's what keeps them hot. So Saha, I think he 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 is one of the few that he's just famous enough where he getting respect when he go out, people know who he is, but he's not too famous where he can't be out, which is what those guys are looking for when they go to somebody like Saha. I agree. And it, it was a real interesting, I forgot who, what interview that was, but Saha gave like the, what it's like in the room with Kanye and putting the songs together. It, it's not as cut and dry as you would think. It's not, let me, let me write 16 on this new, on this loose leaf notebook and then hand it to yeah. And then he, it's not like that. Like when people think ghost, right. They think you just, Hey nigga, here go my, here go my Blackberry. Nigga, just read it off of this. Nigga. Like, it's not like that. It's more like, it's a line here. It's a line. It's a cadence. And the way you said it here, hold out the last syllable on each bar right here. It's more like that. Terminology, phrasing, all of that shit. What type all of, of that. you going to use? All of that. It's, it's all. It, it, he said the nigga delivering the food could come in with some white Balenciagas on and yay or look and be like, why? 
white Balenciaga. That, and then they'll be okay, like let's go, let's, let's run with something like it. Like he'll he he looks at inspiration from everywhere. It's not like, hey man, write me this. It's not mm. quite like that. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's a collaborative though. effort. That's right. right. I mean, that's how I would expect artists to work anyway. Hey man, let's talk about this Nas King's Disease album. It is the album with Nas and producer Hit Boy. It came out last Friday. We have 13 tracks. We're going to get into what we thought about it, our highlights, our lowlights, and we're going to give a rating. Y'all know how we get down. First things first, when you heard about the album was on the way, what were your initial thoughts? Nas' album done. I thought that we were finally, finally going to get, get that DJ Khaled album that was mentioned six years ago. Uh, no, I was excited. I'm, the people try to put me as a Nas hater, which I am you are. not. I am not. I just put him in his just do box. But I w- I'm always excited to hear a spitter like Nas, especially with someone like Hit Boy who has credited hits. Uh, one of the biggest knocks on Nas's career is, you know, his selection of beats. So I was looking forward to see what Hit Boy could actually do for a legend like Nas and seeing what his topic level, excuse me, what his talk talking points would be, what he had to say. So I was 100% looking forward to this when he said that it was around the corner and, and, and made the announcement. What about you? Yeah, this is his 12th album, man. I was excited, um, especially hearing he's working with Hit Boy. I was just excited when I heard last year he was working with Kanye. It was like, okay, finally he's going to get some top a shelf. Down. I'm not, that album, I wasn't mad at that album. I wasn't. But I get why people didn't like it, though. Um, but, I, look, you're getting to work with top shelf production. One, That's all people have ever asked. Please, Nas, just get in a room with a producer. Lock yourself in there for a week and don't listen to shit else or anybody else coming through with that bullshit. Just lock yourself in, please. Or, the, or an executive producer, at least. You know what I'm saying? And he gave us that for the second time in a row. I actually, I was just getting ready to ask you, do you think the the knock on his beats was legitimate? Or do you think that's been overstated? I think it's been kind of overstated. But I'm one of the people also, though, that feels like J. Cole has sufficient beats for his flow. Like, no, I'll always, yeah, see, sure. y'all always tell me J. Cole Trash. needs to step outside. I think that Nas and J. Cole pick fitting beats. Like, it fits their style because you don't Trash. want the, – both of those guys are storytellers, and you don't want to overpower their, their words. Nas is a soft-spoken cat, so he got to take obscure beats and different things in order to get his point across. So I'm, I'm not mad at Nas's beat selection. I could see where people would be bored by it. Mm. especially people that want from New York, uh, but I'm not mad at it. I think it's fitting. I would never like uh shorty. What's your oh price? God. Like I would never expect to hear him on that ever again. Oh, okay. Did I expect to hear him on that? That was one of the few times I feel like he had just tried to do what people were wanting him to do. And it didn't work. That was, that was people wanting him to be commercial. That's different from having good production though. Yeah, being commercial okay, is yeah yeah that that was being commercial and trying to cross over that shit was garbage mm. the the production i just think people wanted him to have production with more layers to it that's all and His and have it to where it's like when did no idea and like when did all the heavy hitters that was the thing about his yeah. first album it was like that was 94 the though producers. Yeah, it's, it's 2020. Like, <laughs> if you got to go back to 94 for when, you know, he the locked last himself time in. He picked good beats was 94. Yeah, like, that's rough. But, but I, I don't, you're right, though. I don't think they've just been atrocious. I think people just want him to take it a little more seriously. Like, bro, like, 
just just lock in like it's okay you got all these connections you're Nas nigga you're you're a hip-hop hall of famer call Pharrell call Justice League call so like you know what I'm saying like just anybody will do a beat for Nas anybody exactly so you have no excuse to have whack it's 2020 any rapper out right now has no excuse to have rap production to have whack production period much less the god's son dude like what are you doing so I, I understand the knocks. It's just that people are more disappointed than anything. Same thing with J. Cole. Bro, no, your biggest hit your biggest hit came from T minus, bro. It didn't come from some shit you did. It just it didn't. True. No, his biggest no hit. No role models is his biggest hit. Man, fuck no. <laughs> Stop. Yes, it is. Stop. What's his, what are you saying his biggest hit is? The one that came out the when role, he was oh, uh, Middle Child. Middle Child, that's his, that is his biggest hit. Nah, Numbers-wise, that's true. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, but that's, is that the song that you know J. Cole for? That's the one that got him performing at the All-Star game. <laughs> That's not what I asked you. He's though. not performing no bullshit. Uh, J. Cole can't go get J. Cole can't go get T-minus and do an album, though. Yeah, he, I, th- I think he could, though. Absolutely not. He did. You just said. It's not J. You, Cole. You like the Lion King on Ice. He did that. Yeah, I like the beats, but you can't do a whole project. Like, Shit. I don't think the expectation would be fair for a nigga like, well, Nas has done it now that he's 50 and, and working with his boy, but <laughs> it wasn't even a knock. He's just older. He can try more stuff. Like, but J. Cole can't go do a whole album with a nigga like Alchemist or, or uh, a fucking hit boy like it, or t minus like it, it won't work because it's not j cole like you need those songs where j cole produced it and it feel like some shit that he did in his closet like you need that to complete a j cole album that's part of the stick he, he, he can put his touch on some shit he can put his touch on some songs okay because he because technically he co-produced that lion king on ice so that's like yeah. a good balance that's fair and Nas, to be fair is not a producer so He's no, he's one hundred percent reliant on what the producers bring it to the table. To be fair, um, but I will say, like looking looking forward to this album, I was excited about it. I was hoping it wasn't going to be another Nazir in the fact that it was going to be like an EP, like six song. Like no, nigga, give a full project. And he did. He hit the sweet spot at thirteen. Okay, cool. Let me get that. Minutes. Yes, thirty eight minutes to forty two minutes is right there where it need to be. And that, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that goes into my initial reaction when I listened to it. I, I felt like I saw or heard Hit Boy's fingerprints on it in terms of it's more of a 2020 version of Nas. There's a couple of joints on here that are under two minutes. There's a couple of joints on here that are short, one, one and a half verses. They're not four minute long songs. Like people aren't doing that shit no more. It's not 2001. You don't have to come in and do three sixteens and four hooks. No, nigga. Hit Boy was like, look, this is what we're going to do. A couple of these joints going to be a minute and 45 seconds, bro. Like, just, just work with me. I'm going to call up some of my people that this, some of the young niggas listening to. Young niggas rocking with Dirk right now. Let me call up Dirk. He hot. Young niggas rocking with Don Tolliver over there with Travis Scott and them. Let me call him up. I'm going to get him on your shit. The young niggas in New York fucking with Fabio Foreign and them. Let me get him on here. Like, I felt like he called plays and actually produced it and i felt like there was a collaborative effort when they did it as opposed to just Nas just rapping over some beats with no direction or anything i think he took direction and kudos to Nas for doing that because he could have been the old 50 year old legend like nigga i ain't doing that shit who don who nah i'm good i don't want no niggas harming i don't want no auto tune on my shit i'm good like he could have been that guy but he did he wasn't and he took he took his advice and i think in my opinion it worked what did you think when you first heard it 
Hey, he addressed that <clears throat> later in the album when he was like, you want old verses, you go get old clue tapes. Like I've been murdering shit for 20 years. And I, I agree in the sense that like it, it was fresh. It wasn't like the Kanye Nas where it felt like it was just meshed together. That seemed like it was some processed shit. Let's not be like disrespectful some, though. This was, this was like some fresh food. This was like fresh shit. He was like, oh, okay, like you said, me reading the track list and actually hearing it play out with two totally different experiences. You go from a place where you're like, Dirk, Todd, like, what are you doing? Like, why are these people on Nas's CD? Really? That's how only, you feel? Absolutely. You can only no, I ruin liked it. I didn't feel like that there's anything that Dirk could add to a Nas song before I listened to the Dirk and Nas song and was thoroughly impressed by what mm. Dirk added to a Nas song. It, it was great, and I attribute that to Nas being open-minded and also Hit Boy calling the plays, like you said. People bring their best out when they come to a Nas track other than this Foxy Brown track, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, my initial reaction, as always, Nas was rapping his ass off. Hit Boy, a great addition to it. But I was so surprised at how much the features worked. All of them, with the exception of the firm one. But mm. all of the features worked. Everything sounded like it should have sounded with Nas and Dirk or with Nas and Big Sean and Don Tolliver. Like it was a good, it was very cohesive. Like yep. the feel from the moment that you were in there is like an older, like you felt like you was hopping in the Lexus with Nas and he riding you around Queens telling you about Queensbridge. That shit was fire. Yeah, and, and I and listen, when we talk about production and stuff, like I don't need Mike Will on here with the 808s blasting and Nas trying to keep up with nigga this fucking Metro booming and shit. Like that's not what I'm referring to when I talk of good production. I think what, when I listen to it, the production and we'll, we'll get to kind of the highlights in a, in a second, but I think it, they worked so well together that like it, it was, it was what I had envisioned it. When I saw the features, I was excited. I was like, okay, like it wasn't your typical. You're a beast. You're no, yeah. I like to hear, I like to hear different people on different songs with each other that may not have worked together because that's when you can stretch kind of your abilities and, and get out of your comfort zone, man. Like, don't have, don't Nas, I don't need AZ on every song. Like, I, do. I don't need your artist. I need another artist. AZ feature. AZ I the shit, it. though. Don't get it twisted, though. Facts. Yeah, AZ that nigga, though. But, like, don't I, I don't need the usual suspects 1 through 13. Like, let's let's switch it up a little bit, dog. Like, let's get Anderson Pac on here from the West Coast to give some West Coast vibe on here. Let's get Big Sean. I, didn't, I, I don't think Nas and Big Sean have worked together before. I, I may be wrong on that. I don't know. Like, let's get Don Tolliver on here. Let's get somebody from the younger generation without him, without forcing Nas to sound young. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, Nas went on here auto-tuning and shit, thank God. Like, what we kind of accused Fab of doing on, on his last project. Nas didn't go that route. Like, he went and on here talking young thing. nigga shit. That's the scary thing about this project for me when I read the features and, and listening to a fab project like, ah, oh, uh, I'm trying to pull fabulous. And I, you know, Nas is obviously did a, a much better job. And um, I think that being an older act, you always got to be cognizant of, you know, how much influence a Dirk is going to have on a song and not get you too out of pocket. That's a fact. And I think he stayed in his pocket and it, it sounded great together. I agree with that. Um, are we going to go ahead? Yeah, no, nah, what worked? What uh, what were some of the highlights, maybe a joint that you rocked with or, or 
keep, give me three joints that you rocked with and what overall worked on the album. The sound of it worked. Like I said, it, it, Hit Boy did a great job of meshing the songs together, the, how he, even the uh, transitions were going from song to song. Felt like, you know, you were riding on a cool summer New York day with Nas and a nice whip, and he was telling you about how he's Nas. I'm old head now, you know, just some shit that I do. So that, that felt dope. Even the title, The King's Disease, just like playing like off of that on each song. The shit was fire. I'm picking out songs that I like the best as I pull it up here. Car 85 with Charlie Wilson, Fire. Uh, that was the first song I, as I turned it on and stepped away from it for a minute that I found it in my head like i couldn't you know get it out of my head that car 85 and then to go with another one the song with um anderson pack all bad that might be mm. my favorite song on the cd we were listening to it this weekend as we were doing stuff uh that that's banging that all bad and um i like the 10 points i didn't mm. really like 10 points at first but i do like the message and what he's saying on 10 points now he's done a great job of maturing his raps and what he talks about but still being nice uh, he's done a perfect job at that. So those would be the the songs that stood out to me the most. And what worked the most for me, like I said, was the features, man. Big Sean, Don Tolliver, Dirk, Anderson Pack, Brucey B, AZ. Uh, I'm not a big ASAP Ferg fan at all. Love the song with him and Fabio Foreign. Like that, that, shit, song, that shit fire. That shit and it all on. made sense and meshed together. So what stick, stuck out to me with those songs and the features. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't give Hit Boy enough credit. Just just to give some context, Hit Boy's the guy behind Niggas in Paris, Click, Backseat Freestyle with Kendrick Lamar, Trophies with Drake. Like, he got bangers, without question. I didn't know if he'd be able to pull off an entire project with somebody of Nas's stature. And he completely did it. He knocked it out of the park. As a matter of fact, it needs to be more people reaching out to him to do bodies of work like this. I, th I think this, I think the price just went up on his, on, on, on that Hit Boy product, in my opinion. And it shows how talented of a producer he is. Not a beat maker, but a producer. So I got to give respect where respect is due. Shout out to Hit Boy for coming through and, and, and doing what a lot of people would consider a better job than Kanye did, honestly. Um, Absolutely. Now, we're not going to be disrespectful. It's not even close. Now, joints that I rock with, yeah. um, I love The Cure. That shit is hard. I, matter of fact, I love the second half of the album. Um, it, like, it's just it's super tough to me. I think it picks up steam, you know, the further along it goes. I like 10 Points as well. And I, and I think All Bad with Anderson Pac. I know you said it, but I got to say it. It's my favorite song on here. Uh -huh. Like, when I, I got to that, like nigga point me to the merch nigga asap nigga like where is where, the, where is the merch link link me for the merch is getting copped after i heard that anderson pocket and i ran it back about three four times and i'm not even the biggest surprised. Pop fan. yeah i don't believe that that's i don't really like anderson pocket like that. that's crazy to he say he was a good show but he i'm cool on him he's a talented artist were you surprised at the uh transparency that Nas showed on that all bad song the nah. verse, like talking about dealing with the young chicks to deal with future yeah. and Drake. He touched on that too. Yeah. He, he he touched on that on Breakfast Club. His his first Breakfast Club interview ever, which was interesting. Um okay. yeah, people what didn't he realize say? he had never been on there. He talked about that because and because Ye playing her role on the show, asked on the on the relationship type questions and shit. And he was like, Yeah, I man, I'm i de I'm dealing with 
these girls and they're, they're, they're talking about like a young rapper that I wasn't even up on that they had been dealing with. And I'm like, man, what I'm dealing with, we dealing with the same feel like, what the fuck? So he was kind of just tripping off of that shit. <laughs> like he was That's tripping. Funny. He was kind of, he was just kind of having some fun with it, man. He wasn't super uptight. Y'all know how Nas is. Nas be reserved and shit. That's true. I do want to address, I have an alternate theory for uh, the, the whole Jay-Z dropping every time that Nas drops. Yeah. That was out there too. a lot. They, they asked him about that. I got to watch yeah. the video now. Uh, I personally think that Jay is trying to help him out. Like, mm. what more attention can you gather than dropping on the same day with Jay-Z? And then they were showing the, the rundown. Some yeah. of them were, you, you know, projects to be projects. But here lately, when I'm dropping the Carters on the same day, like, that's getting traction. Like, if shit moving, if I'm dropping, and you be happy nah. that niggas sit. I promise you, man, I think I, I he helping him out, man. Even here with this. Uh, nah, it's dropping. Let me give him a little boost. It's been happening since either. The only, nah. like, if you listen to Jay's theory behind um, TakeOver, it's just that Nas was dormant. Like, nigga, the way you at, nigga? You, know, you sitting <laughs> up in the house, nigga? Come get some of this smoke, nigga. And then they got ether, and then you had the rivalry from there. But if you go back to the very beginning of the rivalry, it all stems from Jay-Z just like, hey, my nigga, are you awoke? Come on, man. <laughs> get some shit going, bro. You sleep. Yeah. He, it, he Nas chalked it up to a coincidence. He didn't really That's look too deep into it. Uh, wow. Because honestly, some of those are, are reaches. Like Nas dropped Nasir and... Jay no dropped the Lion King soundtrack. Stop. That's what I'm, that's not a coincidence, though. Nigga, nigga, that's a Beyonce project, nigga. Like, stop. Jay Z clearly manages Beyonce. You're the last person that doesn't know that. So, nigga, it, like, it, this is not a coincidence if it go all the way back to like 05. Like, this happened, like, calculated consistently. Like, it's happened eight times. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. coincidence. Uh, if it is, it's a hell of a coincidence. That's a fact. I, gotta, I can't believe Charlemagne impressed him on that. Like a coincidence. No, they ran it down. They ran down the, the joints and everything. And he stuck to the coincidence answer? Yeah. That's horse shit. Yeah. That is he horse wasn't really, He wasn't really starting it. I don't know. As he wouldn't be. It's Jay-Z. What can he do? That's what um, he should have said. It's Jay-Z. What the fuck I'm supposed to do? He said, he said they have typical. He said they have the same kind of work schedule. He kind of chalked it up to that. <laughs> This, so this think last Jay, yeah, this last Jay Z, they one hundred percent don't think alike. <laughs> and this last Jay Z, and for real, was not based off a of work schedule. This was like, hey, for real, you got something to tuck? I got this old ass verse. To <laughs> throw something on here. Just send me some shit on the iPhone. I'll make it work. Uh, what didn't work for you on the album? Um, Nas did sound a little dated. I do like his flow, but I do think like you could tell that he was an older rapper. Some guys, I mean, it's just, and I ain't even talking about subject matter. It was just like some pockets that I just didn't feel like he was comfortable in working with Hip Boy. So it kind of sounded a little dated on some stuff. I could tell I was listening to, you know, a, an older rapper. Um, a song specifically that didn't work. I really didn't like Blue Bands. And the only reason, damn, I really didn't like Blue Bands. And the reason being the beat that they played at the very beginning of it before the song started, I wanted to hear Nas on that as opposed to the one that was sped up and a little bit faster. So that's mm. me nitpicking if I had to pick on that. But um, Blue Bands was just one of the one song I say that really just didn't, it wasn't great for me. What about yeah. you? Didn't you like about it? No, there's a couple of I, I didn't like Car 85. I didn't like it. 
No, that's some slaw. Ripping that. That's some slaw. That's, I feel like if I was if I lived in New York and took Ooh. taxi cabs and shit, then it you know it would resonate more with me. But it it didn't resonate with me. I think that was for that was for the queens. That was a, that guys. wasn't even like I mean that's like that's the story about like growing up in the hood though. Like, but what was that like, about? Like a trolley car or something? I, like, I don't fucking know. Like was it a train? Oh, no, well I don't know. I guess it. I guess it's a subway up there. Nah, see, I thought not, it was a taxi cab. Uh, well, I mean, I, it might be that pay for a ride. Like they get them like phantom taxis or whatever the fuck they call it. I seen it on the wire. You just rent a car for the day. And, like you're just riding around the hood. Somebody in New York, please let us know what's car. What the fuck is car eighty five mean? Please, I, I ain't got a clue. And you see that when yes. either one of us know, we, we try. The song yeah. on the song, I think, is just like addressing like a New York, like New York time, like we ride, yeah, we riding, just New York vibes. Let's get it. I like that. And and Probably I didn't like Ultra party. Black. I didn't like that. Mm, yeah, that was slow. I, I I had to like it because of just the context. Sure, I, you know, but I, I, I the I message. I let it, I let the, I let it ride because of the context. I'm here for the message, but the song itself reminded me of, of Nas that we be like, "Hey man, quit picking them whack ass beats." Like that's that was a that was a regular Nas song right there, and and I wasn't looking for that. I was looking for Nas and Hit Boy. Um, the Firm song was some was cool. I, I can listen to it, but it was just some little cool. I should have cut Foxy Brown out for. And Cormega, if we're gonna be if we're keeping it a thousand, Cormega yeah. and Foxy Brown should have been on there. AZ murdered that song and deserved another verse or another Nas spin. verse. Like you can't book in that AZ verse with Cormega and uh when that is it Cormega? Am I telling am I saying the right person? Jungle, what's the nigga name? <laughs> it's Cormega, man. That's uh, I mean, you can't book in that AZ verse with Foxy Brown and like Cormega. You can't do that. Yeah, I mean, they were they AZ were dumb rusty. And the guys, he was spitting. Oh, yeah. it flow. And my 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 last minor complaint, because it's really not a, that big of a deal. But Fabio Foreign verse was terrible. Now you ripped that. Man, that nigga wasn't talking about he nothing. That. And that song, man, you like hard. the drill shit. You like the drill. That shit. wasn't the drill's lead. beat though. So that, but he I was like on him. his drill flow. Yeah, that shit was whack, he bro. It. He it. There's there's so many New York niggas he could have got on there that would have bought. ASAP Rocky would have done better than he should have got Rocky and Ferg. They would have ate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like Ferg worse. One part that stood out, I can't remember. I was like, oh, okay, you going in? Next time you listen to that picture, instead of Fabio on there blowing it, picture Nicki Minaj on it. She would have snapped on that beat right there. Man, she yeah, ripped it. Though. They got history. Though. Yeah, I know that it would have it wouldn't have worked, but <laughs> but she would she would have talked the shit on there. He needed somebody else from New York to talk their shit on there. That he won't five year ones about nothing. He let the I'm hood down with that. that. Yeah, he was dripping that. Um, what what rating, man? Out of five reels, what would you give it? Um, I know we both liked it, but at the end of the day, what what are you gonna call it? I got a strong three and a half. Strong mm. three and a half, man. Hanging, okay. It is banging. It's a banging Nas album. At this point in his career, hooking over Hit Boy, going over all the things that we liked and highlighted of it. It's a strong banging album. What's your rating for it? I like it a little more than that. I'm gonna go four reels. It's fire. Mm. Um, I, I this is a good project, bro. And it's Nas still got a lot to say. Uh, I, I feel like this will be on my top ten at the end of the year. It's getting That's some fair. album of the year buzz in our group chat, though. 
Well, I mean, Big Jeff is going – he gave Jim Jones album of the year buzz for two years running. So That's true. That's a good point. So I don't know how much we can trust There's him. bias there. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> Big Jeff, thank you from Buffalo. That's a very good point, man. Y'all let us know what y'all <laughs> thought about the hit boy and Nas. Did it work? Um, were you anticipated? Could you see Nas working with somebody else in a similar fashion? Allegedly, he has a secret project coming around the corner. He, he teased this on Breakfast Club. The only thing I can think of what this is is what he was supposed to be working on after that Nasir album, which was the Swiss and RZA joint. They were supposed to get together and do something. So I don't know if that he still got those in the tuck, but he's got a secret project that's on the way. Hmm, interesting. He, he probably should have dropped that now because Swiss cracking with the verses. He might have got more pub. Mm, he just reversed it. <laughs> yeah, tough. Drop that. Drop the Swiss thing now while that iron is hot, and then drop this. Uh, you know, maybe top of the year. Oh, look! Can I sit on the album like for you? Yeah, you could have heard this this time next year. It'll be straight. That's true. Yeah, you know I'm saying it would have been fresh. It would have still. It still would have hit, in my opinion. That's fair. That's fair. Because uh, Nas ain't really rapping about the times and shit. Oh my yeah, that's god. That's what I'm saying. He not, he not, you know, he not talking about no crazy shit, no, no time, nothing with time restraints on it. Um, man, let's get Michael, to these wins and these Michael losses. Michael Porter Jr. just got put on a poster. Donovan, what is it, D. Wee? What's my man name? Donovan Spider? Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Man, let's get to these wins and these losses. We got a W to Schoolboy Q. Um, shout out to him. He is featured on the brand new 2K Golf. Shout out to Schoolboy, avid golfer. How you feel about that? Very avid golfer. I'm trying to get into it myself. Schoolboy said that he had his assistant book a course for every stop that he had on his tour last year, including mm. overseas. He said he played golf every day. So I'm trying to get into golf that way, man. I want I, Jay Ho from FSP fame is trying to gas me to get this 2K golf. I'm not sure if I'm going to make that commitment because madness right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, but I feel I felt like this was interesting to have rappers on a 2K golf game and like kind of broadening the perspective of golf itself. And you know, it's not people have this um, this thing in their head that it takes a lot, but it really doesn't. It just takes some time. So yeah, man. Shout out to Schoolboy. That's a good look. Uh, new music from TDE. Anybody? Anybody want to come out? Anybody Kendrick feel free finna, to come out, bro. Kendrick finna come hurt you niggas feeling. Just give him time, man. He, he too busy doing out. Nike commercials and shit. Even though that commercial was fire, though. I got to get to him. That The Kobe commercial was dope with Kendrick narrating do, it. It's Kendrick yeah. Lamar. That's what we do. That's our first time hearing him in three years, bro. He sound good, man. That's why I was so dope. We well, take three years off. We don't got to put God's plan out every year. Uh, Next up, man. W to J. Cole. He just received... Not one, not two, but 12 new gold and platinum certifications for his 2014 album, 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Does that album get enough credit? No, absolutely not, man. I think it's probably the best album since 2010, right there with To Pimp a Butterfly. What? Good Kid, Mad City. You got to go with the verses of those. It's <laughs> one of those three. Absolutely. Uh, the Forest Hills Drive records that did receive was January 28th. It just went there. Adolescence 3, well, excuse me, those are the gold ones. Those are the brand new certifications for Wet Dreams, which went four times platinum. No Role mm. Models went six times platinum. G-O-M-D went three times platinum. And there are three other songs off there that are also three times platinum. Come on, man. Shout out to Cole, man. credit. 
No features, by the way, on that album. Oh, eat good off that album. Jesus Absolutely. Christ. And he produced a lot of that shit, too. So he eating good. Unless he got a 50 cent deal. Um, also, another W to RZA for cashing out. He sold 50% of his catalog to Hypnosis, the uh, music buying company that is obviously on a roll right now. Like, shout out to RZA. We just mentioned not too long ago, an episode or two ago, when uh, somebody else sold their shit. Man, who was that? No ID? No ID, just no ID, Rodney shit. Jerkins. Rodney a lot Jerkins of people selling their shit. shit, bro. Mm-hmm. So, congr- shout out to Rizzo, man, for cashing out, man. Fuck it, I'm with it. Keep your eye on that company, man. They must be doing a lot of big things. You thinking what happens when an artist sells their catalog to a company like this? These companies then leverage those catalogs to be placed in movies, be played at sporting events and commercials, things of that nature. So, they get the kickback every time those things are played. So, yeah, man. The artists are taking the money up front. The company is taking a long money, but their money depends on their placement of the music. So. Absolutely. Now, that's a big look, man. Shout out to RZA. Um, I'm, I got to remind people, shout out to my guy, Twan Sounds. He said, he said, Jay is next with the splash. He's going to sell title. He said, that's next. Just saying, if it happens, I got to give him his credit. Y'all remember y'all where y'all heard it first. Hey, man, before we get out of here on Decker of the Week, this goes to Instagram. Big shout out, Mr. Little916. Got to shoot him the link to the uh, our top songs of 2020 playlist. Make sure y'all check that out. It is still available on all streaming sites. And he let us know, man. He said, shout out to y'all. Y'all the realest hip-hop slash culture pod out here. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Mr. Little916. Absolutely, man. We appreciate that. We appreciate you rocking with us, man. We're going to continue to do big shit. Give me something to put on, man, before we get out of here. Um, well, we usually are do. We do nonfiction stuff when we're talking about reading, mostly self-help stuff. So people who are into fiction reading, I came across a book that I read before on Audible. I'm going to check out the audio version of it. It's called Hoodlum. And it's by Quan, K-W-A-N. And if you're familiar with the coldest winter's coldest winter ever story this is similar but it's from a male's perspective um and yeah so i I, it's a really uh dope read i'm gonna see what the audio book is talking about i hope they got someone good narrating it but it's called hoodlum by kwan check that out well you got to put us on um i'm gonna put you guys on the new spicy nuggets from mcdonald's now i'm just bullshitting (laughs) what I'm surprised you were able to sit through this episode and have not turned to the restroom. Nah, I ain't eating that shit. Um, got spicy nuggets at McDonald's. They, they, it's new. They coming out this week. Got the inside scoop on that, dude. No, nigga, it's the internet. I've never <laughs> seen you talking about Wendy's. <laughs> You've been on the internet? Have you seen Twitter? I've never seen it. Yeah, no, they they coming soon. They announced it the other day. Just thought that shit was hella fun. They nine years late, like I'm up. Wendy's had spicy nuggets for two decades. I'm gonna try them and everything. Yeah, you have fun with that. (laughs) Um, No, real talk though. Speaking of the hypnosis company, um, I'm glad you mentioned that they're doing big things because their stock is out here. Um, You put me on to the stock. Their ticker is HPGSF. The price right now for a share of hypnosis is a dollar sixty one cents. I would definitely look into that. Um, That's a long-term play. I am not a uh, financial advisor or broker. I'm just telling you what I am interested in. And I think I'm going to grab a couple of shares because they are buying up 
people are selling to them left and right, dog. I'm talking about everybody, like big dogs. You know what I'm saying? So and you gotta I think, think the sky is the limit. Facts. And you have to think with the new way that sports are being broadcast and the new restrictions on stadiums, that there's going to be some type of play where music is coming in. And companies like this company is going to be major in the content that you consume based off the music rights that they hold. So keep an yeah. eye on that. I think they're like trying to take get a monopoly on this shit, bro. So when movies come that. out, movies come out every week, TV shows come out all every day. There's video music, games. video games come out. All the, the music they need scores, bro. And if there's one company that's eating up all of that, then they're gonna do big shit. So I'm looking at that stock. I'm going to go ahead and cop some. Um, so yeah, that's that's my put on is that stock. Now don't come at me if they lose money. I'm not no fucking financial advisor. And if they lose money, hey, fuck it, we both lost money. We in the same boat. Um, hey man, before we get out of here, I have to remind people: Patreon.com/slash/RealField. We got real big changes, real big updates coming to Patreon in September. Super excited for y'all to hear this bonus content that we will be putting out. And I say we, I am referring to the entire network, RealField Media Group. There'll be new sports shit. There'll be new fashion shit there'll be new hip-hop shit there'll be new movie shit listen it's going to be big shit popping on patreon.com slash realville please keep an eye on our instagram at on tv podcast and all of our personal igs as well as we will be giving you more details um coming soon in september which is right around the corner uh, so that's so, exciting man we definitely appreciate you guys joining us we want to send our thoughts and prayers out to the shooting victim of uh, jacob blake the guy that got uh, shot by the cops in kenosha wisconsin our yeah. thoughts and prayers go to his family and um, his friends hope that he's well uh, news came out he, he's paralyzed uh, from the wounds wow. of the police yeah so just definitely want to keep him in our prayers and um just remember man black lives matter absolutely man hey to the next time we out we out